Welcome to One Tired Teacher, episode 112, all about makerspace materials in the classroom. So today we're talking about materials and how we can gather them and what we can use in order to get our makerspaces off the ground. Because I know that so many people get stuck in this area. They think, how am I going to get all these materials and supplies? What am I going to do? And we're going to talk about it a little bit today. Hope you stick around. Welcome to One Tired Teacher. And even though she may need a nap, this teacher is ready to wake up and speak her truth about the trials and treasures of teaching. Here she is, wide awake. Wait, she's not asleep right now, is she? She, she is awake, right? Okay. From Trina Debery Teaching and Learning, your host, Trina Debery. Hey, so today we're talking about Makerspace. And yes, we have been talking about Makerspace for quite some time because I'm getting really super excited about what's coming up with Makerspace. One of the things that I do want to share with you right now is that I have a free masterclass called Every Classroom Needs a Makerspace, The Five Fundamental Ways to Getting One Up and Running. So I'm going to teach you how to get your makerspace up and running. And I'm excited to talk about this because I really believe every single classroom needs a makerspace. It is about time that we get something creative and exciting and collaborative and thought provoking and all those magical things that, that we can see with kids and w when they're learning, when they're really investigating and discovering and learning. And I, that's what I really think that makerspace is really all about. And I truly believe that every classroom should have one, whether you are in a, you know, elementary school, just a regular classroom, if you're, in, even if you are in an ESE classroom, or you are in the media center, or you are a makerspace class yourself, or even if you're homeschooling. I think every classroom, including your house, should have a makerspace. I actually have two makerspaces in my house, and I don't even have young children. I have a 16-year-old and a 20-year-old who's about to be 21. Oh, boy. <laughs> I need another makerspace where I can build and create things so that I don't go out of my mind. But I do. I have two makerspaces in my house. I have one in my linen closet, and I've talked about that before. I talked about that last week on, that, on the podcast when I was talking about trying to find space for your makerspace. And so if you didn't hear that, check it out. I'll link to it in the show notes. And it's, it was episode 111. But now I have one in my linen closet. And that is, you know, with basically filled with different materials and supplies in order for me to create things so that teachers can get, can get an idea of what I am trying to explain when I'm explaining about my makerspace moments in literature. And so I have some tools and supplies in there. I'm ready for any first, second, third, fourth grader that comes along. <laughs> I'm going to say, hey, I have a makerspace. Actually, that sounds a little creepy, so I definitely won't do that. Um, and then I have another makerspace in my garage. And that is where I truly love to spend time. Not necessarily in my garage, but I do love to spend time in my makerspace. And here I have different kinds of tools. I have saws and I have um, different kinds of um, 
oh, I can't even think of the word, screwdrivers. I mean, my goodness, that's a simple one. Screwdrivers, a flathead or a Phillips head. And I have different, I have a different tools that allow, allow me a Craig jig that allows me to make like connections of wood together. Just all these different things that I have because I love to build furniture. I built my desk. I built my daughter and her um, boyfriend are moving into their own apartment. And I bought, I created, I built them a coffee table and two end tables. And they're really pretty. They actually turned out really good. You should check them out. They're on um, my Instagram, Trina. Debery TNL. You, you should you should take a take a look and let me know what you think because it was it was crazy. I was actually really like I really love them. I am like man, I really want these. You know this coffee table and these end table. It's so pretty. But um yeah, so I'm excited about that. And I've made a couple of things. I just think making it's such a great way to unwind. It's a really great way to be creative and think critically. There are definitely times that I want to start screaming because I've messed something up or I can't get it to work the way I want to. So it's productive failure for sure. (laughs) So anyway, so I think every space needs to have a makerspace and I would love, love, love for you to join me in my free masterclass. You can get more information about this and reserve your seat so that you can be there and we can have this conversation and I can tell you how you can get your makerspace up and running. So come to trinadeberryteachingandlearning.com and then you'll see Makerspace Masterclass. So just click on that and it'll give you all the information you need to know to reserve your spot. I'm going to link to it in the show notes as well. I definitely got off on a little bit of a tangent there because I get super excited about this and I'm so I'm excited to be able to bring this to you and be able to help you further your growth in Makerspace because I'm excited about it. Now, one of the things that people think when they are thinking about creating a makerspace, one of the obstacles that gets in their way and they think, no, I can't get through this. I'm not going to be able to do it. They, they often think to themselves, how am I going to gather all the materials? Like I don't have all the materials and they think they're going to have to spend a fortune. And I talk a lot about this in my new course, Mastering Makerspace, but I want to tell you a little bit today on the podcast because this is definitely a space or place where people get really tricked, like tripped, like hung up. They think they can't do it. And there are ways for you to be able to gather the tools and materials that you need in your makerspace. Now, first of all, I did tell you last week that you that that the space doesn't have to define your makerspace and in makerspace can be anything that you, you know, put out and allow your students to create and build. That's pretty much true with the materials as well. You don't have to have a bunch of fancy tools and technology. In fact, you can use recyclable materials. You can use recycled materials. You can use trash. I know that's crazy, isn't it? Like actually using trash, but trash makes the best building material. I mean, you've got water bottles and toilet paper tubes and and paper towel tubes and popsicle sticks and all kinds of things. And if they are clean, which you definitely want to make sure they're clean, especially right now during this time in our world, then they can be used. 
And if you're doing a virtual makerspace or a virtual class where you're teaching the engineering design process, or you're you're wanting to do some more STEM activities, or you want to do a makerspace online, I have some ideas for that as well. But one of the things that makes this easier is allowing them to use different materials that they have in their house. That way, because you could, they can actually have access to it. And sometimes having them think of what they need to use in order to de- create the model or develop the solution that can be really powerful in itself. You never know what kids can do and what they can, when they, once their mind starts going and going and they think about what they could use as a solution. So in my back to getting started back to school, not back to school, getting started with Makerspace Kit, which I will also link to in the show notes, you have access to a getting started materials list. So this is a really helpful place to get started. And that will just give you some basic ideas of what you might need, such as toothpicks, and maybe marshmallows, popsicle sticks, newspaper, paper towel rolls, toilet paper rolls, cardboard, like those are just some things to get started. And those are not anything that has to be super expensive. And sometimes you can even get help from outside sources. It's just all about asking people for donations. So you got to be, you know, you got to be pretty planned ahead when you are asking people for things. So when you have like come up with a layout of what you're going to do for a makerspace project or even a STEM unit, then you're going to want to think about the materials that you might possibly need and you're going to ask for those in advance. I know if you're doing this on the fly and you're like, oh, I need a quick activity to do that's hands-on, it gets my kids thinking, and then that's a little bit different. Then you have to go with things that you have or things that you can easily gather. But if you give yourself a little bit of time to plan, then you definitely will have enough time to to ask families and you'll be really surprised. I have worked in a variety of different schools, some that are have really high socioeconomics and we have no problem getting materials and I've also worked in one of the poor our poorest schools in my district and it was very difficult to get materials, but I still had lots of very giving families. There's always giving families, no matter where you are, no matter what the economy is, people want to be able to do what they can. And even if that means saving their paper, their toilet paper rolls, they're willing to do it and they want to do it. And all we have to do is explain what we're doing and why we need it and why it matters. And then you're going to have families on board from all walks of life. People still want to contribute to their child's education. And I think we have to remember that. We don't want to assume something about families without really knowing. Now, sometimes people can't do it. They're too busy. They don't, they don't have the finances. They don't have the time to deal with it. And that's understandable. So we understand that, but we accept the help from people that are willing and able. So that's one of the things I wanted to share. Like I, and I also want you to know that in this case, just like space can be negotiated, tools and materials can also be negotiated. And we don't have to have all the answers. That doesn't have to stop us because we can get creative. I mean, even with a little a pack of toothpicks and a little bag of marshmallows that costs just a few dollars, 
we can create some amazing things with that. We can do a, you know, a challenge, a bridge challenge, or we can do a tower challenge. We can create a solution to a problem of one of our characters. There's things that we can do with very simple tools and materials, and it doesn't have to break the bank. So I think that's a really important thing for you to remember. One of the things that I think is very helpful when you think about materials, that it, it is, it's really thinking it's thinking ahead or it's having a procedure in place or it's being organized. If you're organized, which I know is a hard one for me, but if you're organized, then you can contain some of these materials and have them on hand. I mean, think about your supply closet currently, your classroom closet. I'm thinking about my linen closet. It was already full of things that I didn't even think about using. And I mean, old sheets can easily be made into connectors. You can, you know, cut them, rip them, tiny, tinier pieces, and then they have something that they can use as a connector. And so there's all kinds of, you got to put your MacGyver brain on, which is definitely aging me. That was a show about this guy who had this really creative mind, very brilliant. He could like put together things in a moment's notice and find a solution. But that's what we want for our students as well. And if that's hard for us to do as teachers, then ask your students to do that too, because sometimes they will come up with things that you didn't, couldn't even imagine, which I think is really cool. Two times in my career, I have had a chance to work with two specific times I've had a chance to work with kids that struggle with behavior and both times I brought a simple box to school a simple cardboard box I mean how many of those do you get on Amazon and I allowed them to create something with the box and both times they completely blew me away I didn't have very much to give them I barely had any materials I had a few arts and craft supplies and those boxes turned into the coolest things. One of them created a car. He made a car out of it. He cut like the top of the lid and made the circles for the wheels. And he had all, he was all decked out. And we talked about, we were able to talk about like how far the car would be able to move as far as like force and motion because the wheels weren't actually circular. And so we had conversations about that, not to mention it helped him to calm down. And then I had another student and, and he and I, we, he created a house and he had a specifically the box was a room and he even made it like a flat screen TV on the wall and he had a window and he, it was really cool. And both of them used their imagination and they used, you know, creativity and they he and I had to talk both of us had to talk about what we were going to do next and we had to communicate and so we, we worked on all these soft skills that really make such a difference that we sometimes neglect because we're so busy making sure that we cover all the standards but when you think about it like we were working through the design process anyway so we were working through standards and at the same time we were covering social and emotional you know, skills as well, which is really important. And all I had was a simple cardboard box, maybe some crayons and some markers and some, some glue and scissors and tape, all things that, that we have, that most of us have. And here's another clue or another trick when you have, when you're talking about materials, sometimes when you think, how would I ever have enough popsicle sticks for someone to build something for you know, a, a school of 700 students, and they're all going to come through. 
that's something to keep in mind. You want to plan your challenges so that like if you need a heavy amount of resources, you're not doing it for every single grade level for every single you know, day of the week, <laughs> or you will run out, you want to focus on a grade level, maybe one or two for that week. And those are the ones that are that you need the materials for. In the meantime, your other grades are doing things with like Legos, or you're doing Ozbots, or you're doing coding, or you're doing something else in your makerspace or in your activities, or in your day that doesn't require that heavy use of materials. So that is one way to manage your materials. But anyway, so you can focus in on one or two grade levels and and that will allow you to have all those things for kids. Again, asking for donations, that's a huge part of it. And and you don't have to make, oh, that's what I was going to say about the material. So, you, so the thing that you can do is you can actually make that part of like a constraint. Like you're going to get this strip of, pa- of tape, like maybe it's, you know, like a size of a ruler. And you're like, I'm going to give you... 12 inches of tape and that's all you get and so it's a constraint that you have to build it and create it with just this tape and this cardboard and that's those are the only materials that you're going to get so I think when you do it like that now you've actually created like a little bit of a problem for the builder and so they have to work around that and they have to think critically about how they're going to manage their resources which is a huge lesson in, for economy as well so you're you know you've got a lot going on right there So that's just some ideas about what you can do with materials. It doesn't have to be the thing that gets in your way. There's so many options. One, another option might be like something like Donors Choose or GoFundMe, those kinds of of programs. Now, we ended up not being able to use that in my school district, which doesn't make any sense. But I mean, even when you put those kind of things out on Facebook, like, you know, friends and family, I'm in need of some extra cardboard if you have any and you'd like to donate it to my classroom or my school this is where you could drop it off or whatever like people are willing and wanting to do that so it's something to consider it doesn't have to be a roadblock for you all right I talk more about materials and tools and how to gather those without breaking the bank we talk a lot about that in mastering makerspace so hopefully you will you know capture that and get all that you need but for now I don't want you to forget that I have a free makerspace masterclass, and it's every classroom needs a makerspace the five fundamentals to getting yours up and running I hope you will join me you can find that at Trina Debery teaching and learning.com makerspace masterclass you will see it right at the top of the menu so just click there and choose which time works best for you And don't miss it because it's going to go fast and then you will have missed it and then you will be really upset that you did. So I hope that you will join me. Until next time, this one tired teacher is ready for a long winter's nap. I will see you next week, same time, Monday, same place. Sweet dreams and sleep tight. (laughs) 